This episode is sponsored by Christina Vandewater Real Estate Services. Christina is a full-time Berkshire Hathaway New England Properties agent, ready and willing to help you find the perfect home and say yes to the address. If you are thinking of buying or selling, whether in Connecticut or elsewhere, your first call should always be to your local expert, Christina Vantawater, at 203-206-6747. Let's get you moving. The hair of the affrighted schoolteacher rose upon his head. But summoning up a show of courage, he demanded in stammering accents, Who, who are you? He received no reply. He repeated his demand in a still more agitated voice. Still there was no answer. Once more he cudgeled the sides of the inflexible gunpowder and, shutting his eyes, broke forth with involuntary fervor into a psalm tune. Just then, the shadowy object of alarm put itself in motion and, with a scramble and a bound, stood at once in the middle of the road. He appeared to be a horseman of large dimensions and mounted on a black horse of powerful frame. He kept aloof on one side of the road, jogging along on the blind side of old Gunpowder, who had now got over his waywardness. Ichabod quickened his steed in hopes of leaving this midnight companion behind, The stranger, however, quickened his horse to an equal pace. Ichabod pulled up and fell into a walk, thinking to lag behind. The other did the same. His heart began to sink within him. There was something in the stranger's moody silence that was appalling. It was soon fearfully accounted for. On mounting... A rising ground which brought the figure of his fellow traveler in relief against the sky, gigantic in height and muffled in a cloak. Ichabod was horror-struck on perceiving that he was headless. But his horror was still more increased on observing the stranger's head was carried before him on the pommel of the saddle. That excerpt is from Washington Irving's novel, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The legend of the Headless Horseman is now long ingrained into our ghost tales of Halloween and campfire stories. Now, of course, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a work of fiction, but perhaps there is some small grain of truth to the spine-chilling stories passed down in the tiny little New York town. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be talking all about Sleepy Hollow, Terrytown, New York, and the Phillipsburg Manor House. 
Before we begin, I want to warn you that this episode will discuss the keeping of and torture of African slaves brought to the North as possessions of a landowner. I will try to be as sensitive as possible while still sharing with you the facts of what occurred. It is an important part of both our history and what may have caused spiritual unrest within Sleepy Hollow and Phillipsburg Manor, a primary location we will cover today. If you feel this may be a trigger to you, please feel free to skip ahead or tune in next week. Founded in 1963, Phillipsburg Manor is now an active living museum in Sleepy Hollow, Terrytown, New York, in Westchester County. You've been there, right? Or to Sleepy Hollow? Yes, I've been there a couple of times while passing. We just, um, trips with my father, we would go down to Maryland and oh, nice. we'd have to go over the bridge. Yeah, okay, cool. So we'd stop in Sleepy Hollow for breakfast or lunch. Nice. Excellent. It's a really cute town. I've never been there at night, though. Uh, neither have I. I've never done any of the, I mean, obviously they, they kind of capitalize on their whole like Halloween. Yeah. We didn't thing. go around that. I mean, we went in fall, so I guess we did. I just love the street signs. Like mm-hmm. once you, you know, you're in Sleepy Hollow because the street signs are orange with black writing and they've got the headless horseman on them. <laughs> That's so fantastic. That's cute. Yeah. They're definitely capitalizing on that whole. Uh, Lots of graveyards too. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So. The Phillipsburg Manor, which is what we're going to begin with today, was home to Frederick Phillips I, Lord of Phillips Manor, hailed from Friesland in the Netherlands. Now, originally, he had landed actually in Flatbush, Long Island, and he started to make a living there selling nails, like the hardware kind, not the finger kind, because that would be a really great I don't know thing. anyone that sells Fingernails. It would be a really creepy. I think you can buy them on Etsy. I'm sure you can. I mean, that's true. Like fingernail clippings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure people do sell them. So that was not a situation like this. He worked his way up the ranks and actually became a tavern keeper. And then he made the ultimate societal move and married rich. So that's the thing I failed to do. And good on you. Exactly. <laughs> good job. Good job, sir. So. With a crown land grant, which was something that was happening at this time. Now, keep in mind, this was before the Revolutionary War. The The couple, the newlywed couple, purchased a large piece of property. It was there in Westchester where the Phillips built their empire. Phillips became one of the wealthiest and largest slaveholders in the northern colonies, with at least 23 slaves in his personal possession at a given time. And there were actually, there were 23 men and women considered his slaves were listed as property when Phillips died in 1750. So they were, they were listed within. They were on his. um, Summary of property and. Inventory. Exactly. His inventory, which is mind boggling. But okay. That's a human. Exactly. Exactly. The slave trade of the time went from um, Soyo, a coastal town in Africa, to Barbados, then up to New York. 
just to give you kind of an example of what occurred on this, in one trade, a, a vessel, the Charles, began its journey with 146 enslaved men and women from Soyo. By the time it hit Barbados, the numbers had dropped to 105 due to death and illness in the journey. And then nine of the final passengers were shipped up to New York as refuse. So, so trash, basically, that no one wanted. These were nine human lives on a boat, and they were shipped up because no one in the South wanted them, or no one at the, the slave trade wanted them. And so they were just, I don't know, used as garbage, discarded, which is mind-boggling, to say the least. I feel like you're going to be saying that a lot this episode. I mean, yeah. Definitely. And this that's definitely and I agree. it is. Yeah. That's why we added the trigger warning, because it's it's really hard to wrap your mind around. And when I was writing this and pulling the details, it was one of those I kept having to like stand up and kind of walk away from the computer because my, my blood was boiling. It was just one of those like oh sort of moments. So stomach curdling. And, you know, frankly, if if that alone isn't grounds for them haunting the shit out of everyone they come across, I honestly don't know what is at this point. Um, in 1991, the tragedies that got go so much deeper than simply what we've mentioned already were uncovered sort of accidentally. Near the site of the Phillipsburg Manor, a burial ground of hundreds of bones and skeletons of Africans stolen from their homes and brought to the North as slaves were found. Today, the Phillipsburg Manor, as that living museum, tries to honor its dead by giving them life. In fact, faces and names are given to those who were enslaved Africans who would have lived on the plantation, and through reenactors, their stories are told to guests. At this time in history, the late 1600s into the 1700s, nearly 70,000 slaves a year were traded within the U.S. Children born to enslaved parents were enslaved themselves, put to work by the age of three, which I can't even, having a five-year-old, like... She would not be able to be put to work now. No, exactly. But also it's crazy because so three was the starting age for children and the ending age for children and when you actually became an adult slave right 10 years old so once you hit 10 you were supposed to you know you're expected to do what the actual adults were doing and like that it's physically impossible like heavy labor exactly it's physically impossible well my god they did it so i know i know the women were raped the men were beaten all of them at times were tortured and killed for no reason at all Enslaved people at the time were thought to be of lesser intelligence because they were not educated in the ways that white people of English and Dutch descent were. Frankly, I mean, this whole episode is kind of a trigger warning, but I'm now going to explain how those individuals were, for lack of a better word, treated during their time as a possession. And so, again, if that's too much for you or what we've said so far is too much for you, please feel free to skip ahead. We will be going into some other tales of Sleepy Hollow afterwards. So feel free to fast forward towards the end of the episode. The men and women being traded were shackled by heavy wrought iron ankle, neck and wrist shackles. This was done so they wouldn't run. They were branded. For anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's when a fiery hot brand is pulled from hot coals, pressed into the flesh of a person, creating a patterned scar to represent ownership. 
This was usually done in a very conspicuous place so that even if a man or woman found freedom somehow, their mark having once been owned would always define them to onlookers. I actually think that's probably one of the worst things that were done. Now, yes, of course, there were worst, worst physical tortures that were done to them. But this to me, the fact that they could never get rid of that mark, there's something so emotionally torturous about that. Right. that it's like a final. Exactly. Exactly. Like this is who you are. Like they're trying to define who you are. Men and women who had quote unquote done wrong. And like literally those are the biggest air quotes of all time were stripped down and whipped until they bled and passed out. Many times after the whippings, salt, pepper, or other harsh things like sand were rubbed into the raw wounds. In addition to the shackles, they were forced to wear iron bands around the neck with razor-sharp spikes sticking out. It would not only make day-to-day movement near impossible, but completely eliminated the ability to lay down while sleeping. That was actually a torture device of Madame LaLaurie. Yes. Yes, it was. She had those made. And so they used to just use these when someone had done wrong. And there's a movie with Matthew McConaughey where this is depicted. And I can't recall what it is right now, but I'll get that name to you because it's, you know, seeing it is... Beyond just a picture, seeing it is really lots of emotions. I don't even know. So women were labeled as Jezebels, shameless or immoral women is what that word means. And they were used for sexual pleasure. Oftentimes, they were forced to carry the children of their rapists to full term and then forced to watch these children either be forced into slave labor themselves or be traded away. Men and women were mutilated. They had limbs, parts of their body or genitals removed and amputated, but then still had the expectation of work on their shoulders. Many were also killed by fire, lynching, and hangings. Not only would they be hung by the neck, but sometimes large meat hooks would be inserted into their chests and lungs, and then alive, they would be lifted into a tree for all to see until they died. On top of all of this, these men and women also had illness, starvation, infection, and the like to fend off. With all of this being said, it's no wonder that Phillipsburg Manor, the site, is said to be heavily, heavily haunted by the spirits left behind. I mean, there's honestly, like not to make light of this, but there's no amount of sage that is going to cleanse this place. Definitely not. Seriously. It's hard to find firm accounts of exact hauntings, but it's highly recommended that you make the day trip there if you live in our area. If you're further out and you happen to be out this way, check it out. It's not as, I think, well advertised as just Sleepy Hollow in general. No, and I think it is closed right now. Yes, Um, COVID. Yeah, I don't know when it's going to reopen, though. Hopefully soon, um, because I think... I don't, I didn't see, I, I was looking on their website and I didn't see any, like, plans, like, when we plan yeah. to come back sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's probably a lot of like volunteers and things right. like that too. So did you watch any of the clips of what they do though? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it, it seems very similar to like a Williamsburg or similar to, um, yep. I know where you're, I'm going to, and I'm going to bring it up. Yeah, there we Sturbridge. go. Yep. Sturbridge <laughs> village. So the living museum where you have reenactors there 
basically going through the day-to-day, showing you, answering your questions, um, doing the trades of the time, and living, but not actually living, in in the space. So you can really see what they do and how they would do it there. Which I think is a great way to, uh, you know, go into... You know, teach kids at least. Absolutely. History. It is so interactive for children. So if you've never brought, if you have children, if you've never brought them to a living museum, 100% find one. Because th- there's actually a lot of them around. At um, least this area, there's a lot around. Yeah, there's there's a ton around here. And I know that they exist in other parts of the country as well. But it, it really is just a fantastic way to sort of bring history to life. And I mean, I love Sturbridge. I've been so many times. We've brought Cosette. We're members up there. We love, love to go up there. Definitely. It's really cool. And did you say you had something to... Well, just when we get into... I can just bring it up. At Sturbridge, they have a Sleepy Hollow experience, um, which Rachel and I went to about whatever, the Halloween before COVID. So two years ago, I guess. 2019? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. We went there... um, for the experience, and it's really cool. They, like, take you through the whole town as if you were in the movie or the book. And they're usually, um, like, it, was it horse-drawn carriages that you went on or no? No, we, it was a walkthrough. A walkthrough, okay. Because and then we, they, like, you stop at each different building and someone comes out and talks. And yes. they, they have, like, the whole story going on and you're kind of watching it. And then in their, like, intermission, I guess, you're at a party and all the characters come out and like mingle with you. That's so fun. And there's like, you can get drinks and food. That's so I've done their Christmas experience Mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's Christmas by candlelight. And it's really beautiful. Like they have like just lit lanterns and they have horse-drawn carriage rides. It's, you know, it's outdoors, so it's really chilly. But we actually went last year for Christmas and met up with my brother and um, his family. I remember. I saw. Yes. And it was, it was beautiful. It was so, so cool. We'll do that this year. But Sleepy Hollow, that that experience is, I recommend that. That was a lot of fun. Definitely. And I know they they are open and and functioning right now because they have And it's not for children. The, the Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow one? Oh, okay. Not for children. I mean, it could be, I guess. I didn't see any in our group when we went. And I was a little... You were a little anxious. startled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Headless Horseman comes out at the end. Yee. Okay. I and mean, he runs right by you. Not well, children. not runs. He doesn't run. He's on the horse. It'd be weird if he ran. Just right. like holding his horse. Or holding <laughs> his, head. his head at his horse. It would be weird. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anyway. So let's get into... Um, let's Hollow. Yeah, let's get into the rest of Sleepy Hollow. Absolutely. So, again, with the Phillipsburg Manor, it's really hard to find those exact hauntings, but definitely, definitely check it out. I mean, read into it. They actually have, a, I think they have um, video clips and things. They probably have even more on YouTube. So, uh, maybe, like, filmed uh, versions of, you know, older older showings, older exhibitions and stuff. Um, exhibits. Did I say exhibitions? I guess it could be other one. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So, in addition to these real-life horrors that we've just shared with you, there are other tales of ghostly behavior in and around the property. There is a tale of a sober man traveling across the famed bridge of Irving's story. The tale continues to say that this man was suddenly lifted up and propelled over the high edge into the swamp, swimming for a while, as if he was unable to actually find the shore. Just prior to this, that same man had heard the quick step of a galloping horse, but never saw a horse or a man near him. 
He said he could feel that he was dragged up by invisible hands. Yes, and and physically and thrown, thrown over like a, a high-edged bridge, basically. And then once he hit the water, it was as if the water was much larger than it had ever been before. And he just kept swimming with no ability to get to the shore, even though it was very small. It was like a small... How terrifying. I can't. That the the being in water and not being able to get to the shore... Right. <laughs> That all of my anxieties are through the roof right now. Uh, Now, this occurred where a man named Major Andre, who was a companion of Benedict Arnold, was found and hung from a tree. It said that he is the gray, limp, lifeless figure that roams and is all too often seen. Venture into the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery and you might find yourself face to face with the Bronze Woman. Now, she was actually made, constructed to guard a mausoleum, and she takes her work very seriously from what everybody says. It is said that she comes to life at night, and you may just meet her face to face if you wander around after hours. It's also said that if you touch her face, either something awful or something fantastic will happen to you. Now, that that's not a bet I'm taking. You know, I am not going to touch this woman's face. And no, definitely eat. not. Yeah, definitely not. Now, if it is a headless Hessian or Hessian, I've actually heard it pronounced both ways, so I'm not sure which one is correct. I've heard Hessian. I've heard Hessian as well. Could be wrong. Yeah. So if it's the the headless Hessian you're after, then look no further than Sleepy Hollow. Now, what exactly is a Hessian soldier? So during the Revolutionary War, the British enlisted the help of basically German mercenaries, uh, mercenary soldiers to help defend their colonies. So these were murderers by hire, essentially, and they were sort of rogue. They had no loyalty to anyone. But if you paid them enough, they would fight for you. So unfortunately for them, when they were captured by Americans, they were occasionally beheaded and their bodies and heads were buried separately. And I believe that you have a more specific tale in regards to the Hessian soldier that may have inspired Irving's tale. During the Revolutionary War. Yes. Um, decapitated by a cannonball in the middle of the Battle of White Plains. Yes. Around 1776. And it was around Halloween time. So that's why it all, all sort of, of merged together. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a specific to Halloween. Yes. Haunting. Yes. yes, yes. And to be honest, like, this is one of those towns just like Salem, Massachusetts, that we could kind of fall into forever from, there's actually, like, tales of devilish imps that stalk the forests, full-blown apparitions, but uh, basically, it's it's a must-see for a holiday or a Halloween in New England. You know, you, it's you a have really to be there. It's a cute little town, too. It is. Even it if is. you're just going for a drive-thru. For breakfast. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you're heading to Maryland. So <laughs> definitely check it out. And it's, I know it's one on my list because it's not one that I've ventured to. And it's, it's really what, not very far. It's not far at all. So it's like I don't, an hour from here. I've, that's what I was going to say. Like, I do that on a pretty daily basis. Right. So. <laughs> that's my drive to work. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'll go one weekend. I love that. And it doesn't even have to be around Halloween. We can go afterwards. Maybe they have a good brunch spot. You know I love mimosas. I do know that. <laughs> so that's um, that's Sleepy Hollow. That's Terrytown, New York. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will have a couple of 
or at least one bonus episode coming your way soon. So definitely uh, reach out if you have any other tales that you'd like to share with us. I know this was a little bit shorter than we usually do, but um, we will absolutely uh, be bringing some fun stuff next week. I believe next week we're doing Dudley Town. We are. I'm so excited. That's a crazy Lots one. Lots of hauntings there. Yes, no kidding. It's absolutely wild. And a place I will not be visiting. Ever, ever. <laughs> Especially if you don't want to get arrested. Yes, that too. Yeah, lots of lots of laws against visiting that now. Yeah. So I guess for a good reason. Oh, yeah. No. Tune in next week and find out why. Absolutely. <laughs> and in the meantime... Make sure you're liking our page. Make sure that you are subscribing, following, and please, 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 if you have a couple of spare minutes, leave a rating and review for us. It really, really helps us out, and we would absolutely love to keep building this podcast for you. We love bringing it to you every single week. So feel free to reach out at The Real Crime Podcast, which is our Instagram handle. You can email us therealcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also reach out on our Facebook fan page, which is just The Real Crime Podcast fan page. It doesn't say fan page, though. I know, but it's just sort of a fan page. We don't have a a fan page. We don't have a fan page. Oh, (laughs) if anyone wants to make one, though. Exactly. No, absolutely. Be our fans. Um, Also, we have our Patreon that's still live. And so we have started adding some commercials into our podcasts. So if you're looking to get commercial free content, you are absolutely welcome to look there. And um, that's all. That's it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.